Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Amen. Amen. Hey everyone, how you doing? Good to see everyone out on such a sunny day today. I've been in here since the early hours, so I think there's sunshine outside. Um, so we're looking forward to getting out to that. The series that we've been on is, is this one of Foundations. If you're new to church, uh, this, this series where we've been going, where we've been journeying with it, has been just trying to look at some of the early teachings that were given to the, to the church. As, uh, as they saw people come to faith, as they saw people saying yes to Jesus, obviously the heart of God is that people wouldn't be isolated and alone in those things, but we saw people um, embedded into churches and into families. And into these churches, there were teachings that were given that now as they, as they had become Christians and there was a change of life, there, was certain, there were certain patterns and certain ways of life that they were to follow. And so we, we were going through some of these core elements in the series. Just to say, this is probably going to be the last uh, two, three weeks of this series. By the end of the month, this will be finished. We'll be starting on the new stuff for the summer months as well. But um, We've been going through each of these bit by bit as we've been going through it. And today I'm going to be going into um, one of the last ones of these, which is conduct towards um, outsiders. We'll we'll get into that in a wee second and I'll explain all that we mean by that. That One of the very first things we taught in this, however, was to do with some of the things that we have to, remember we chatted about the ideas of things we have to put off and things we have to put on. There's this reality that when we step into this relationship with Jesus, it's not as if it's just the status quo just continues and we get on with life as normal. But there is a change now where we recognize there's certain patterns, certain ways of life that we have to now put off. Some of the old things that um, isn't living right before God and, and God would have better things for us in some of those areas. There's certain things we had to put off. But the great thing about becoming a Christian is that it's not just about the things now that we say no to and the things that we don't do anymore, but it's now what are all the things that we're saying yes to, all the things that we're stepping into. I think we miss out on that sometimes by the focus of what all people think is just about losing some things, but it's about what all we're gaining. And the reality that there's much that we have to dress ourselves in and step into then daily um, and as the life of a believer. And uh, we, we see in this that there's a new way of living. The redeemed mind brings a new lifestyle and patterns and choices. And it's, it's crucial for all disciples to grasp it was in the beginning of the church. And it's just as important now for anyone who calls themselves a Christian, calls himself a disciple of Jesus. These things are essential for us to grasp, to go after. And, and that idea of conduct was important. But you know, the conduct that we portray is not just to one another. So over the last while, we looked about what it means to be part of the community of faith and how we, we choose to love one another, how we live in community with one another. We looked at things about forgiveness and, and bearing with one another and all those sorts of ways. And those things are significant that we, we choose the best for one another and choose to believe it. But being part of the church, one of the things you recognize and we're going into today is that being part of the church means that we cannot keep our eyes just inward looking and insular and focusing on higher things between us. But as the church, we are called to turn our eyes outwards and to look to see how other people are and how we can bless other people around us. The thing, the thing um, about this as we go through it is to recognize that the reason why we follow all these patterns is because we're not just following some denomination or some church leaders and some of the things they would say, but we're following the ways of Jesus, aren't we? 
Some of these uh, verses, just to land us at the start and then we'll get into things, says this, have this attitude in yourselves, which also is in Christ Jesus. Some translations of that say, let the same mind that is in Christ be in you. Let it so think in the same way. These, this next one is a real challenge. 1 John 2 verse 6, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. And, uh, and th- this idea about the outward focusness of, of how we look out beyond ourselves it's not just something that became a New Testament principle. So it's not as if when the church was born in the day of Pentecost that we're, we're praying into, and in Acts 2, that at that stage, suddenly there was a new theology and there was a new, there was a new, um, there was new teaching that came about all about these things. This was something that we see right throughout the pages of Scripture. Throughout the Old Testament, we see a God whose heart was for those who were outside. So for example, one of the, one of the main characters that you know of in the Bible was a man called Abraham. Abraham, a man who in his late 90s had longed for a family. And God looks at him and sees this, the faith of this incredible man. And God makes this promise to him. He says, Abraham, and he gets him to look up. <laughs> this is really important. He gets him to look up and he says, Abraham, count the stars. And Abraham's like, well, well God, I can't. And he said, well, as, as numerous as the stars in the sky are, even though you don't have a child at the moment, as numerous as they are, that's how many your offspring will be. I'm going to make you a father. I'm going to make a fa- you a father. And he says this, of many nations. Because this is what he says to Abraham. He says, Abraham, look up. See this. See the blessing that is yours. And then the directions that are given so to Abraham and his family is this. Okay, don't just look up. Now look out. Because what I'm going to do in you and how I'm going to bless you is now for you to give away. And this was the directions that were given to the children of Israel, that through them, the nations would be blessed. That through them, those that were outside of Abraham's family, outside of the children of Israel, would now be blessed because it was extended to them. And what we even see in the Old Testament are references like this. Um, We'll come to this, sorry, in a wee second. Um, there's, there's references that we see in, in the passage in, in Leviticus and, uh, and it says this it's a different one, sorry this is what Paul says, sorry, in Colossians I'll come to the other one in a wee second Paul says this, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders make the most of every opportunity that this conversation, your conversation will always be full of grace seasoned with salt so that you may now know how to respond to one another we'll come to the Leviticus passage in a wee second this idea of outsiders, sorry just to say at the outset I've got way ahead of myself I'm getting very excited to rush into this um, is this, this idea of outsiders it's, it's probably one of those yucky titles to be honest when I was told I had to speak on it um, it's one of those ones when you're thinking about it it almost seems like a real elitist word you know outsiders, insiders who's part of a club, who's not part of a club it's not to do with that at all remember the very reason why we call ourselves Christians Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 says it's not because of anything we've done that we can boast about it's not as if we're better than someone else but this idea of outsiders we're going to look at it today in a real general sense in these two ways so firstly as those who are not belonging to a particular church family but perhaps belong to another church family and they're coming in and then secondly, those who don't have a personal faith in Jesus, those who are, are lonely or marginalized in society perhaps as well, we look about this. And what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at it specifically in this way. This week we're going to look about our conduct towards outsiders or others who come in. And then next week what we're going to do is look at our conduct towards others as, as we go out. Is that all right? 
This week is all about what we're doing as we come in. As I said, this, this was not just a New Testament philosophy or theology. This was something that was the heart of God. So Abraham was an example of that. This was the direction that was given in Leviticus. God says this, the foreigner residing among you, those who come in, must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself. For you are foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. This was the heart of God. He was saying this to the children of Israel. He's saying, you guys have been blessed. It's amazing that you're his cho- you are my chosen people. But when people come into you from outside of the family, treat them as if they were one of their own. If people here are coming in and looking to be part of it. And this is the heart of God. And it's been the heart of God. It is the heart of God. And it will keep on being the heart of God that there is an outward looking of our eyes as we look up to see him and in the relationship that we have with him and the blessing that we have, that in turn now turns our eyes outwards to look to see what has happened in other people's lives. And the verse, I suppose I just want to just overarch everything that we're going to look at today is simply this, and this is a really simple one, really easy for you to learn, really easy for you to take away this week, and it's this, Psalm 68 verse 6, God places the lonely in families. God places the lonely in families. The heart of God, it was and is and always will be. That people could experience, people who maybe were not part of the kingdom family could experience the blessing of the family themselves. This, this idea of family, it is, it is the heart of God for mankind that everyone could come in and experience family could experience God in his fullness. Family when it works, right? This is the reality of it. Family when it works. People get to experience the full blessing that God has for them in a family. Some of the things, there's lots of different things we could say about a family, but some of the things that people get to experience are like, so this, safety. When you're in a family that is functioning properly, it's a safe place. When you're in a family that is functioning properly, it's a place where you experience sacrificial love. Do you remember we looked in the visions about some of the directions that were given to families and that was one of the things even between husbands and wives. It was husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church, that agape love. It was sacrificial love. When you're in the midst of a family that is operating fully and functioning properly, you get to experience sacrificial love. When you're in a family that's functioning properly, you get to experience mutual submission. Do you remember in Ephesians 5, that bit where it talks about wives submit to your husbands? But before that, it says, submit one to another. Everybody submitting one to another where there's an honor and a respect that's flowing between every person in the family. And then finally, when you're in a family and you you engage with a family that is functioning properly, here's what you get to experience, a sense of belonging. Remember, God wants to place the lonely in families. So we're looking, Tash just shared there about the mental health campaign. It's the reality, isn't it, that when people are isolated and feel disconnected, sometimes that's where certain things can start to break down in their life. But when they start to engage fully in community and with people and do life with people and one another, suddenly that's where they start to feel a sense of safety. They start to feel a sense of belonging and they start to feel a sense of wellness and fullness together. Family is crucial in, in how we do this. You know, but the thing is, while all these things are experienced in family, here's what's known about the church, right? The church is family of families. So all these things that we're saying that it's great if they happen in a family that's functioning well, it's what people can experience if they come into this, the family, if it is working well, if it is operating well. It's a family of families. What you're about to witness right now is, uh, is one of the best things you'll ever see. 
These, uh, this is my attempt at doing some graphic design on a, on a PowerPoint, right? So prepare to be blown away by, by some of these, just to say as well that if you're into graphic design, um, I hope you don't feel too threatened by, by, by this as well. But here, here, here's my picture of the church, right? <laughs> Very simple, right? So here we go. The there's the first really good one. That one took me ages to get sorted. I've done it in the blue colors to do with the manual, right? So there we go. It's not very clever, very forward thinking. So here we are as the church. But here's the reality, and this is where it comes up another level. You ready for this? Here's the reality is that each week as we gather here, the church is made up of lots and lots of different families, right? <laughs> here we are. You weren't expecting that, were you? No expense was spared this week as, uh, as we went into this. I'll let you in the secret, by the way. Um, last night, my, my computer crashed and I lost every bit of my talk. And uh, so at about 11 o'clock, I started to speak. But thankfully, part of my keynote saved and I, I didn't lose any of this. I was so delighted. I was so delighted. So the, Lord, the Lord's good, isn't it? You, you got to experience this today. So here we are, families, right? And, and picture this. Where do you see where it goes now, right? Um, families... What happens on a Sunday is that families, while we're in our individual homes and in our individual places, suddenly we start to converge in, in the church. And here's what happens. There we go. The family's starting to come in. So some people arrive early. They like to be nice and on time for church. They're even there before the church is open or before the tea and toast has been put out. You get people who come in the church, maybe some other people who arrive a bit later. I'm not looking because that's usually my family uh, that's coming in at that stage as well. But here we are, right? The different families, the different colors rep representing that we all come from different backgrounds, different experiences, different people. Some of them might be individual people, uh, might be larger families, different people from different cultures, all coming together and now part of the church. This is what the church is about. And what we need to recognize is that sometimes people will come into our church. So if this is our church, and this is us all gathered together, and we usually come here on a weekly basis, what happens is that sometimes there will be certain individuals who will come in. So this is the, the next part of the diagram. There we go. That's, yes, that is a picture of a male and a female off the toilet signs. And, uh, but imagine, right? Imagine that it's an individual who's coming to church, right? You with me? Here, here's where we're going with this. So someone has come into church. What I want to ask is, what do they experience? What do they experience when they come into church? For those of us who have been around it for a while, we need to ask, what are they experiencing? Perhaps these people on the screen, right? Perhaps the reason why they've come in is because they've been invited by a friend. Perhaps these people on the screen are coming to explore a new church. Perhaps it's their first time ever in any church. Perhaps they've come because they're seeking help. Perhaps they've come into church, these people, because they're lonely. And they're isolated, just like we talked about in the, in the video. Remember the verse that we're overarching in all of this, regardless of the reason why these people are coming in. Here's the verse that overarches all of this. God places the lonely in families. God places the lonely in families. So when our doors are open, the reason why our doors are open is because God wants, God's heart is that as people come in, they get to experience family, they get to experience all those things. But I wonder when people come in, do they, do they get to experience the fullness of family and all that God has for them to experience in family? Or sometimes do people leave here on a Sunday and perhaps do they feel more lonely than they've ever felt? Do they feel more isolated than they've ever felt. The last time, the last time I spoke, we chatted about this 
this word one, do you remember we looked about this very initial uh, use of it was in the book of Genesis chapter two, this Hebrew word echod, and what it was to do was, was in the direction of marriage where two become one flesh. And we realize that within marriage, that's, that's a, it's a difficult thing because you've got two individuals coming from their own individual backgrounds and their own preferences of doing things suddenly coming together and saying, this is no longer the way I want to do it, but this is our way of doing things. There's, there's an agreed and a shared way. And it requires a lot of effort to be able to keep the oneness of that. How much more so do we say it at that stage? Is it for the church where you have about 100, 200 people gathering at one time coming in and at that stage is trying to look to see the oneness of it? Because you see, there are certain things that while we're saying we want to go after one, there are certain things that will naturally separate us. Now, for time's sake, I'm not going to do this, but I was going to get different people to stand up. So for example, some of the things that separates us is even age. We have people who are 16 to 25. We have people 25 to 50. We have people 50 plus. And uh, there are lots and lots of different age groups. One of the things that naturally separates sometimes is gender, differences in gender. Sometimes the time that you've been at church, some of you have been at church since dead thoughts, since the beginning of it. Some of you have been to church in the last few years. For some of you, this might be one, your first week here in church with us. If it is, you're very welcome, and we hope you experienced a welcome when you came in. But you know what? Many of the, these things, while they might be small in our eyes, can have a significant impact on oneness if we don't be watchful, if we're not intentional about going after them. Not because we're intentionally trying to be destructive with these things, but because of the differences, we can easily silo ourselves. We can separate ourselves into places of safety and familiarity. So generally what happens is you end up hanging out quite a lot with the people you feel safe with. Isn't that right? People that you are familiar with. So take on a Sunday, for example, we've just all been out of tea and toast. Take, for example, when you're out of tea and toast, when people come in, generally we usually just sit on our families or sit with groups of friends. Yes? <laughs> Ask yourself as well, who normally do you talk with in church? None of this is said in a judging way, by the way. But who normally do you chat with? It's probably people that you feel comfortable with or familiar with. Again, we're not for one moment saying you cannot or should not talk with friends or family in church. These people are so important and essential for your life. And it's significant for you to continue to invest in. But being one, we're saying, takes effort. And so we need to get to the place where the heart of God in this one, that we look out for others. Because here's the reality, is that in the kingdom of God, and what we see in this picture of the church, is that the bloodlines between families start to disappear. And when we come into this place, we no longer focus on what is mine, what is my little tribe all about, but suddenly the boundaries that separate us all start to completely dissolve and disappear. And when we come here, the heart should be actually that we are one together there's no longer anything that separates us because here's the truth and this is a paraphrase of it this is what Paul says in the book of Galatians it says this about the church this is a place where there is neither Jew nor Greek black white or Asian male nor female slave nor free single or married prosperous or unemployed wealthy or homeless but Christ is all and is in all right this is what it means we are now all one in Christ Jesus a oneness mindset means this. This is the beauty. See when that blue circle is like that, when we're no longer about the little colored circles in between, but when we're actually trying to work at this one thing. Here's the thing. A oneness mindset means that no one is outside. Everyone is equal. Everyone is important. And just for the record, I don't think as if we're bad at this at all, but I just think that there's more for us to step into with it. I think that there's more for us to grow into with all of this. We have great welcome teams. 
Lee and Sarah and Stu doing an amazing job heading that up. But imagine if you're a visitor coming in for the first time, how different it would be if people weren't insular and sitting in their own wee, their own wee tribes and their own safe zones, but everyone was welcoming, engaging with anyone else in the room. Imagine in that blue circle, right, where if there's a oneness where everybody's like looking out for everybody and is chatting openly with everyone. I know it sounds idealistic, right, but it's the heart of God, <laughs> right? This, this is what the heart of God would be, that, that we would grow into our togetherness and getting to know each other. When you encounter oneness like that, suddenly any outsider coming in at any moment no longer is feeling lonely, but it st- instead experiences the heart of God, which is family. A person no longer feels outside, but is welcomed in. They're embraced. That, that for me is the gospel in action. It's what it's about. But here's the thing. It takes effort, doesn't it? It takes effort. It takes an understanding heart to come here on a Sunday with the mindset of, I'm going to be part of this. I'm not going to just sit on my own with my own people that I feel safe with and go off back to our own wee place off the back of it. I'm going to join in with this. I'm going to help to contribute to this to make this work so that anyone else coming into this who's not part of it gets to experience the family together. And I realize that I contribute to that. I realize that I add to that. You know, as I reflected on this over the weekend, um, one of the reasons why I feel, and this is me preaching to myself, right? One of the reasons why I feel I can struggle with it at times, why some of us will struggle at it at times, is firstly I would say that it can be a personality thing. I recognize that there are many in the room who are are quite introverted, and I understand that. And so for for you guys, it might, I'm probably bit more of an extrovert by nature, but for the, for the introvert, the natural introvert, it probably requires a bit more of an effort to be the person who can go and say hello to someone. But you know, it's, it's, how, it's how we can contribute and add to the life of this. So I would encourage you to, to take a step of boldness and to say hello to some people. One of the re- main reasons though why I feel we all might struggle with this, and again, I'm not saying we're bad at this in any way, Sometimes people, people can, can so easily criticize, can't they? You know, they can come in and say they didn't feel welcome. But one of the reasons why I feel sometimes we might struggle at times is this very one reason, and it's this. We're trying to do something in the larger family which we have forgotten how to do in our smaller families, which is welcome people in. Right? We're trying to... It's almost like... People can critique us together, right? So what sort of a welcome did they experience when they came to Emmanuel? And we can blame that on the welcome team. Were the welcome team good that day? Whatever it might be. And what we're saying is, no, 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 it's not just about the welcome team. We would love all of us to be owning that. But you know what? People can critique that, but it's only two hours of the week. And what we need to recognize is that part of the reason why many of us don't come in with a mindset of thinking, I'm going to go into this place with the posture to welcome is because if we're only trying it for two hours a week, it's not something we're naturally living into the rest of our lives. We need to recognize that there's, there's more in this. Because here's the thing, it's, it's great that we all get to do life together. Back to my, my fancy diagram, and this is the last time you'll see it, all right? Um, it's great that we all get to do life together, but at the end of a Sunday, we all head home, don't we? <laughs> We all head back, after our two hours together, we all head back to our own places, had our own ways of doing things. Welcoming someone in is something we need to begin to practice at home if it's going to be a genuine part of life in the church. If we want to be better at doing it in here, we need to practice doing it out there. We need to be a people who are regularly welcoming people in. Inviting those from outside is something which should be a regular part of our lives as believers. 
That may seem really strange to some. You know, as a stretch, it seems to be that we've, we've even at a push, we're okay maybe inviting people to come to church and to sit in a ministry, but to invite people to come into our homes, wise up. And yet it's the heart of God, as we'll see in a wee second. The issue I recognize is something that's systemic in our culture, isn't it? It's like, it seems to be that we all just go in and shut our doors. <laughs> We're not too bothered about the people next door and what's going on in their lives. I did a talk one time on social media a few years ago, and this was a quote that was from it. It says this, as the front porch disappeared from the average home, so did a normal rhythm of connecting with neighbors. As entertainment and social events moved indoors, the shared experience of the neighborhood began to shrink. Culture, like our parents or grandparents, always talk about this, the change in culture where it used to be a lot more of a community feel at times and a togetherness, and now we've become so insular and are in our own individual things behind closed doors. And do you know what? I recognize that that's what's happening in society. I recognize that's what's happening in culture, but the gospel doesn't let us off the hook that way. The gospel doesn't let us off the hook to say, well, that's just what's going on. Everyone does that because it's not the heart of God for us as the church. The heart of God is that almost like what it was with Abraham. It's like look up and in your relationship with God as you experience the blessing of God being with him day and daily and you recognize all that you have from him. It's now no longer just look up, it's now look out and allow the blessing of God to come alive through you. And one of the things I feel just for the last five minutes as we land this, I feel that we really need to rediscover is the lost form, I feel, of this hospitality. As the church, this is something that we need to be living into. All families. And I know we'll all do that in different ways. There's some people this is just right up their street. They just love the thought of it. But we all need to live into this in different ways. Here's some of the references in the New Testament that says this. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Romans, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them as always. Be eager to practice hospitality. Hebrews, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. The hospitality is crucial both to those we know and to those we don't know when there's things are going through that we invite in. And what we're going to do just as we finish is to look at just a few verses in Matthew 25. Jesus at this point, right, Jesus is about to teach about what it means to be hospitable. But just before he says this, there's what's known as the parable of the talent. You've heard it taught many times before where they teach about somebody who's been given five talents and when the master returned, they'd used it and invested it and they got another five Five talents, someone who had two talents invested and got another two. The person who had one talent, do you remember the story? They were afraid they would lose it and so they bury it. And, uh, and it's all about, you know, what we have been given, what we've been blessed with, how we use it to see an increase in the kingdom, those sort of things, which is significant. One of the lines in it is this, and we all know it because it's one of those phrases that we just long to hear God speak. And it's just these words, good and faithful servant. Like a well done, good and faithful servant. We, we, we all long for the day when we stand before Jesus to hear that. Well done, good and faithful servant. You know what? Sometimes I feel for some people to think the way they're going to get that is by like a box ticking exercise. So how much have I read the Bible today? How long have I prayed for today? But as Jesus tells this story and this narrative about what it means and going into good and faithful servants, still in the same atmosphere of conversation, Jesus goes and says these words. And this is where we need to understand the reality of what this means for our lives. So here's these words and then a couple of points just to close as we finish just in reference to it. Jesus says this, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on this glorious throne. 
All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people from one another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger or invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. I'm preaching this to myself, but I don't know if, there's other bits that Jesus says, I don't know if you've ever met someone and as you've been chatting with them, you know that there's a need in this person's life. And there's a few ways that you can react to it. One of the things you might have said to the person was, as as you're hearing them them offload about their need and what they're going through, it might be, oh, well, I'll pray for you. And unless you do it on the spot there and then, sometimes you might just forget. Any of you ever done that? I've done that quite a few times. One of the other things we might do is we might say, oh, I hear what you're going through. Listen, our, our church, our church engaged, you should come along to my church sometime. It should be great for you to come along and, and to hear some of the things that we're saying in the church. We've, we've probably done something like that. Another thing you've probably said is, listen, this great chat. Listen, why, why, why don't you come around? Why don't you come around sometime for, for a bite to eat or a cup of tea? Sure, we'll, we'll get a date in the diary and you go home, chat with a spouse and you're sitting thinking, right, let's get a date. And it's three, four weeks away. Before they come, the house is swept, the house is squeaky clean and uh, you've got the best china out and you put on the fancy meal, all that sort of stuff. Any of you ever done some things like that? And yet this is what Jesus says, just as we finish this. Jesus says this, our conduct towards those in need who are lonely, who are isolated, those on the outside. When someone is hungry, who feeds them? You feed them. When three to four weeks later, we've got the house in order. No, it's when I was hungry, you fed me. It's right there and then at that moment. When they're a stranger, do we invite them? Must you come along to my church some week? No, Jesus says, invite them into your home. You invited me in. There's no separation between family and ministry. Or, or, or part of our ministry is to our family, but with our family, we minister to the world. Between your home life and your Christian life, your whole life is to be lived out for Jesus in every aspect. And listen, there's some great people in church and outside of this church that do that, but this is the heart of God for all of us that we would go after more of this, that we would be a people that would welcome others in, that we would be an outward focused people recognizing all that we've received from God. But our heart's desire is to bless other people and to see the kingdom come alive in other people's lives. And so final thing I would say is this, chat about this at home. If you are in families together, chat about this. How are you getting on with this with one another? What is the best and the more that you could go after? The reality is in our homes and our families, if we are those who are looking out, recognizing need, responding as and when we can, if our hearts and minds are constantly looking out for others, that we regularly practice a welcoming lifestyle, then when we gather as a church, this just becomes a natural extension of what's happening out there. If we get better and more naturally doing it out there, when we gather as a whole church together, it's just a natural part of who we are. 
Because here's the thing, God places the lonely in families. And this week I think it'd be, as you go off the back of this, be pray, God, how do you want to use us? How do you want to use this home? God, you've blessed us with this. Blessed us with our lives. Blessed us with our families. How do you want to use it? Stand with me and we finish and then we'll go and get our kids. You know, when people are, when people are lonely, they don't need a clean home. They just need a home. When people are hungry, they don't need a gourmet meal, they just need a meal. When people are isolated, they, they don't need a crowd, but they do need a friend. They need someone to do life with. This is how we welcome in. It's part of the Great Commission on all of us as disciples. And so Jesus, we just ask for your help. We recognize that in our own lives, in our society's life, this is just so unnatural at times. And God, we just realize that this is a call that's upon our lives. And God, we recognize that as we do unto one of the least, we do it unto you, Jesus. And so God, we just pray, would you make our lives count? Thank you for all that you've blessed us with. And God, in return, we just give it to you and say, would you use us? Use our lives, use our homes, use our families. God, for the sake of your kingdom, for the sake of seeing other people come into a known relationship, Jesus, of who you are and what it means to be part of your family. And God, even as people come here to this church, may they experience you in your fullness, we pray. Bless us the rest of this day with our individual families, God, as we go. But God, bring us back together again as one God united in purpose and mind. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go get your kids. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.